Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The season keeps on rolling as we start to preview week two. And part one of our week two preview is brought to you by Bet Online. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening businesses bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And, uh, you know, still trying this new format. Uh, I seem to like it so far. I'm getting mixed reaction from you guys, so I guess I'll be the deciding vote since it's uh, somewhat of a half-and-half half thing um, as far as my feedback is concerned. Uh, we'll stick with this for just a little while and see how be- see how it goes. I'm, I'm digging it so far. But, um, you know, my, my guest this week is uh, from the New York Post, actually, uh, the last time we were talking to Ryan Dunleavy, he was from NJ.com. So Ryan's moving up in the world, man. Good for him. And um, he covers the, the still covering the beat for the for the New York Giants. Uh, Ryan Dunleavy uh, is, is the guest uh, to help us preview this week two matchup between our beloved Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. So without further ado, let's get into it. It's myself and Ryan Dunleavy. Previewing week number two between the Bears and the Giants on the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Week two of the 2020 campaign has our beloved returning home to Chicago for our opening uh, game of the home schedule. And the New York Giants will be heading back to Soldier Field like they did uh last year to help us get the uh, home schedule kicked off and to help us preview the uh, matchup our friend ryan dunleavy now with the new york post ryan thanks so much for joining us man hey thanks for having me so let's talk about uh week one you know because i I, we won't uh, bother with uh, the the preseason and and everything because there really wasn't one and even though you're one of the lucky few who's (laughs) who got to see the uh you're unlucky I mean the fact that you had access that most fans, that pretty much any fan, uh, doesn't have. But uh, <laughs> that's funny. But um, you know, you got to see the guys up close. You got to watch them practice. You got to see what was training camp uh, this year. Now, just off the bat, did what you saw in camp translate into week one? Or was you know obviously they were playing the Steelers, so that was a tough that was yeah. a tough out to begin with. But um, what did you see during the practices that you did or did not see in the game on Monday night? I'll tell you this. Here, the Giants, for 90% of the Giants, was exactly what I thought the Giants would be. Okay. They couldn't block and they couldn't cover, which uh, is a bad recipe for the NFL. If you can't win, you can't cover if you can't, you can't win if you can't cover and you can't block. Right. And so that's kind of coming out of training camp. I thought the offensive line and the secondary were the two biggest weaknesses. Both of those were true. 
I thought the offensive here's the other 10%. I thought the offensive line would be a better run blocking offensive line than they would be pass blocking offensive mm-hmm. line. That the inverse of that was true and so that made Saquon Barkley look human, which is hard to do. Sure. Uh, even he he had one of the worst games by a running back this century in the NFL. Right. Don't think that's mostly on him. I think that's mostly on the offensive line. That was the surprise to me. Coming out of camp, I would have never told you Saquon Barkley would play that way week one. Everything else kind of held up to what I expected it to be. The Giants actually played better than I thought. They I picked them to win four games this year. That didn't look like a four-win team against a team that, you know, Steelers could be a final four kind of yeah. uh, So I thought they actually played a little better than I, than I thought they would. Yeah, I would definitely not put the rushing performance on Saquon because, you know, the the I got to see like from the third quarter on because I was working on the my own review episode for week one. I forgot the game started as early as it did for week one on Monday night. But, um, you know, I came in at the right at the tail end of the 19 play drive and we'll get to that uh, <laughs> in a second. But from what I saw and then the highlights from things that I missed. Saquon's not going to be able to gain yardage if he has to dodge the first guy three yards deep in the backfield. So that was actually going to be my second question was, were the Steelers that good or was the offensive line that bad on Monday? Was it a combination of the two or was that going to happen regardless of who they were playing? Look, I think it's a combination of the two. I'm worried about the offensive line. Uh, the, look, week one was the worst possible matchup for the Giants. Sure. Like, I don't know if there's a schedule. There's better teams than the Steelers on the schedule, but I don't know that there was a worse matchup for the Giants on the schedule just because, you know, they had no one to match up with Juju Smith-Schuster or James Washington as a deep threat or Deontay Johnson. They don't have those kind of corners. They uh, And they, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, that, yeah. the defensive tackles, they were going to cause the Giants fits, and they did. So if you ask me, I'll say – it was a problem. It's going to be a problem, but it was exacerbated to the nth degree by the Steelers themselves right. being as they are. Yeah, because that when when they were replaying the the highlights on Sports Center, it's like Daniel Jones hasn't even gotten the ball to Saquon, and and uh, you know Bud Dupree is within inches uh, of him, or you know, or the nose tackle is has passed, and and the center's watching him run past him uh and things like that and for a team like the bears that struggled against the run uh against the lions i mean we made adrian peterson look like a young man again uh, (laughs) on sunday hopefully that offensive line can help the bears right the wrong that was their run defense on sunday (laughs) um yeah i mean that's certainly possible like look barkley's electric i can't remember how he's played the bears twice i can't remember how he did last year against the bears i know he had that like hurdle over adrian amos yeah. years yeah. ago so i i think he had a big pretty big game then he had a huge rookie season so my guess would be at a pretty big game against the bears uh the giants were you know i remember the giants offense couldn't do much against the bears last year so uh yeah, look, I mean, like, yeah, the Giants offensive line is a prescription for your defensive run game to get <laughs> to get healthy. That's what it is. But, you know, it only takes one from Saquon, and that's been kind of the story of his career. He's had a lot of – last year against the Jets, he had 13 carries for one yard. Yeah. So this week he had 15 for six. Against the uh, Cowboys last year he had 14 for 28. So he has these games where he averages two yards or less per carry. I mean – Maybe that's the offensive line. Maybe that's him. 
he's a bit of a home run hitter, but you know, then he'll have games where he has, you know, 200 yards rushing, or he'll have games where he goes 15 carries for 90 yards, but one of them is a 67 yard touchdown. And that's really all you remember. So, right. uh, so yes, the bears could get healthy, but one missed tackle and it, those, that two yard per carry average over 14 carries ends up with a 67 yard touchdown. Yeah. And that's what the thing that I was kind of saying when, when I was doing the review episode is, uh, for week one is VR training platforms like the one developed by fundamental VR and Orbis international are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot Georgetown dot edu slash podcast. That if the Giants can gash us the way that the Lions were able to with Adrian Peterson, we won't have a chance to catch uh, him like we were able to run down a 36-year-old Correct. Adrian Peterson. We'll be watching the back of uh, Saquon Barkley's cleats as no he runs catches, into the end zone. Yeah, No one catches Saquon from behind. Yeah, so if he, if he breaks through the second level – I do not like our secondary's chances of bringing him down. So, um, yeah, I, I, I very much hope that uh, we'll, we'll be able to take care or take advantage of uh, what the what the Steelers were able to do and replicate that. So Saquon doesn't uh, doesn't get his season back on track against us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about that uh, that drive because uh, that is where things turned because we're looking at a sixteen to ten ball game the Giants are driving down the field they got 19 plays God knows how long in time of possession it was and on one play Daniel Jones gets as he's trying to release the football throw the ball Bud Dupree knocks his arm ball goes floating in the air Cam Hayward comes down with it and just like that a 19 play dry is absolutely erased and it ends up being a 10 point swing because you score a touchdown there at 17-16 you have the lead and instead the Steelers took it drove the field and kicked the field goal. So you went from being up one to being down nine. Now it's a two-point game. We're edging into the fourth quarter, and it, it just seemed like the game turned on a dime at that point. Yeah, I'll, I'll give, I totally agree with everything you said. There's really nothing for me to add there. So I'll give you another turning point that you probably missed because you were doing your film review. Right. The Giants went you know, seven and out, I think. They got one first down. I think they went seven and out on their opening drive and punted from midfield. And the Steelers fumbled the ball at the oh, three. Oh, yes, that's right. So the Giants took over at the three-yard line and went nowhere and settled for a field goal. So the Giants had the ball at the three-yard line in the first half and the four-yard line in the second half, which is where Jones threw the interception. Yeah. And so they were on the three and the four, and they got three total points. Wow. So you yeah, can't win. That's you can't definitely. Win. If you're inside the five twice and get three points, you're not winning. Yeah, I mean, just add those 11 points independently to the score, and the Giants win 27 to 26. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, because I I saw that and uh, or on the highlights on Sports Center that uh, that that happened, and it was like two uh, two Barkley runs that went nowhere, and then Daniel Jones. What happened he, on that throw to Evan Ingram? Did he throw it behind I, him? Did he throw it ahead of him? What was the miscalculation there? Yeah, you know, they just they they said they like weren't on the same page or whatever. It looked like Jones threw it before Ingram came out of his route a little bit. Maybe Ingram got held up a little bit at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, just one of those. You know, he he rushed the throw and he was slower than we expected coming out of the break, and you know, it was off the mark. So, what did the new coach have to say about how the uh, how the first game? went i mean this with with everything with with covid it's it's you know no preseason games no real live action against somebody that you have malicious intent uh against you finally get out of there and you're basically going from zero to 60 you know in first live action especially for the well for both teams because neither one made the playoffs but you know first live action in nine months for either football team how did he feel about how the team performed uh funny joe judge has taken on this uh two-way kind of personality right i think he's very different behind closed doors publicly with the media very encouraging likes what he saw like the effort glad to have daniel jones not critical of the turnovers offensive line we're going to keep running the ball that's who we are you know everybody handled themselves well tough spot etc etc behind closed doors i imagine he's you know, not very happy with a lot of individual and unit performances, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how he's gonna. That's how he's gonna handle things. Uh, look, Joe Judge is demands an extreme amount from his players. So if you paid attention at all to training camp, you know that they were physical and you know that they were intense. And he had guys running laps for mistakes. So he's not about to, for, you know, be the kind of soft, warm and fuzzy players coach who forgives penalties and forgives. Uh, miscues and turnovers he's not going to accept that so i'm sure he's riding guys pretty hard behind closed doors but for at least for week one he wants to present the you know we played a hard 60 minutes kind of thing yeah and how does he differ from from pat Shermer? uh i i think pat Shermer was much more uh much less fiery i guess would be the much less in your face much less critical much more uh much more like uh let veteran guys handle their veteran business kind of stuff a hands off maybe okay. uh, and judges a lot more hands-on and that's not a criticism of Shermer, who i think you know a good head coach here but he i don't think he got a fair shot i mean he didn't get a second year with the quarterback he drafted. He only got two years. Most of it was a rebuild. Their team's very under-talented. The roster's under-talented. Yeah. I don't think Pat Shermer knew he was signing on for two years. I think he expected it to be a longer project. So um, not that there were encouraging signs, but I just, you know, I don't think two years was a, was a fair assessment of what he could have done. Um, that said, I think he was just more hands-off and Judge is much more hands-on. The one thing I'll say is Judge gets compared a lot to like Matt Patricia or Eric Mangini or some of these Belichick assistants who rubbed a lot of – Josh McDaniels who rubbed a lot of their players the wrong way and you know were trying to be Belichick and you know it didn't work for them. I'll say two things here. Uh, one is – I don't think Judge is trying to be Belichick. Judge is Judge, and if there are similarities to Belichick, well, that's why they were good friends. That's why they hit it off, because they're very similar. He's being authentic. It just reminds some people of Bill Belichick. 
that that doesn't mean he's trying to be him. And then two, I also think he's got much more personality, at least publicly with his players than those guys. He is, you know, he he we saw him do a slip and slide football drill, wet football drill where he got all muddy. He asked the players to do it and then they said you do it coach and he got in there and did it. So, he's certainly not robotic like some of the other people he's much he has much more personality than the other belichick assistants have shown whether they have it or not i don't know but bell judge is much more willing to show a personal side so how did he become the guy i mean i know we're going backwards with the with because i always thought it was one of the more curious hires of the new coaches uh in the league this year and and i forget who the rumors were about the giants were talking to and then all of a sudden it's joe judge he's the guy the special teams coordinator from new england or whatever he whatever assistant position yeah. he held and he's the head coach of the new york giants just like that a couple things one they were interested in mccarthy right they let they let mccarthy out the building and he went to dallas, dallas and yeah. never came back and never they thought they might get a second interview they never did he he never came back they were interested in matt rule the former giants assistant coach who has great respect for the organization he got a monstrous set, like seven-year contract offer from Carolina, called the Giants and said, before I even come for this interview, I want to let you know I have this offer. Are you willing to play in this ballpark? They said no, so he took the money from Carolina. So, um, Judge, how did he get on their radar? Look, Belichick, has t- Belichick and the Mara family are still in very close contact. So uh, Belichick recommended him. Giants interviewed him, and the Giants saw a young Coughlin or a young Parcells or a guy who is a taskmaster, who is a CEO type guy. I think they'd had enough of their head coach calling the offensive plays and being more one side of the ball after McAdoo and Shermer. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted somebody who was more CEO and less play caller. And so here comes a guy they're hoping has some characteristics that their great head coaches have had before. All right. Makes sense. I just like, you know, like you said, I, I remember now that you say it, Matt Rule, I remember. I remember Mike McCarthy being in a discussion. And here's then, a, here's something else I'll say from talking to people around the league. People thought Joe Judge was going to be a head coach. They just thought this was maybe a year or two too early. That uh-huh. They thought he was going to be a hot head coach after this season or after the next season. And uh, a good head coach, a good head coach and a, and a hot name that would be on boards, you know, all the time. We know who those guys are every year. There's, you know, their name pops up. People thought that was coming for Joe Judge. The Giants just think they got ahead of the curve before everybody else figured it out. Hmm. Well, hopefully it works out so you don't have to do this again in two or three years uh, <laughs> to try to find the next hot guy to, to come in and try to, you know, fix what's uh, ailing. Uh, the Giants. So, so <laughs> hey guys, taking a quick break uh, to uh, thank our sponsors. One again, once again at Bet Online, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online, the go is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. 
2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there is one thing you can control, and that is shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat, man. They also just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame the summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. And with that information, let's get back to our show. <laughs> Speaking of ailing, did you guys come out healthy for week one? I know the Steelers got banged up a bit, but how did the Giants do? Uh, good question. Um, I'm trying to remember what the injury report was off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I think they can I think they did come out pretty healthy. Uh, I'm sure, let me run through it in my head here. Uh, cause I know the Steelers lost starters. James Conner got hurt. Uh, that, uh, that tackle banner, uh, went Golden, down as well. Golden Tate didn't play in the game. He's had a hamstring injury since August 31st. He didn't play. Um, but no, I don't think there was any. See, I'm running through the starters in my head, and I don't think there was any serious injury at all for the. I mean, guys, you know, banged up here or there, but sure, you know, they'll be on the practice field later today, so we'll get a better idea. But uh, coming off the game, you know, there's always some mystery ailments. Guys finish the game and then they come in the next day and they're banged up. But watching with the naked eye on Monday night, I don't think there was anything. Golden Tate not playing was the biggest injury news of the day. Okay. So are the Giants still rebuilding? Are they are they looking to be, you know, to win more games this year? How long how young is the roster right now? One of the youngest in the NFL. Uh I haven't totaled it up now, but when they had 80 guys in training camp, 50 of the 80 guys were 24 years of age or younger. Wow. Um so I don't know how what it is now that it's down to 53 man roster, but look, they're playing young, especially on defense. They're playing young guys at every at every spot. I mean, literally the the Giants only have one player on their roster who's ever won a playoff game or excuse me who's ever played in a playoff game for the Giants they don't have anybody on their roster who's won a playoff game with the Giants so uh now part of that is because they haven't won a playoff game since 2011 and they've only played one since then but Sterling Shepard's the only guy really with any Giants seniority um other than that uh yeah it's a really young defense uh yeah, look, they're looking to take the next step. It's important for Dave Gettleman, the general manager on the hot seat, that they show some progress. They get to six or seven wins. I think John Mara's uh, definition of a successful season for the Giants was playing meaningful games in September. Uh, excuse me, in December. So that 
that doesn't mean you have to make the playoffs, but that means you can't have an eight game losing streak and be two and nine like you were uh, the last couple years. So, you know, if they're five and six in December and then finish six and ten, I don't think that uh, I don't think that would be a surprise. I think that would actually constitute maybe a success for in their eyes. I think that'll be difficult to pull off because the last four games are the Seahawks, the Cardinals, or the, excuse me, the last five. The Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. So the, not- the beginning of the schedule isn't any easier when you go Steelers, uh, Bears, 49ers, at Rams, at Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> that, and, and beginning and any easier. Look, yeah. here's the thing. The Bears deal with this a little bit too, right? Yeah. When you're a bad team, there are no easy games. You are the easy game. Like the right. Steelers look at week one and say, oh, that's an easy game. We have the Giants. The Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, the Bengals have no easy games. They are the easy game. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and that at, at least that's how it's perceived going going into it. And more times than not, unfortunately, for those teams like the Giants and the Bengals, the Jets, and the Jaguars, they all then, you know, fantasy becomes reality. And they are that easy win. They are that one that you circle like, okay, here's a W right here for sure. All we got to do is basically show up and we'll win uh, yeah. this football game. And any real optimism for the Giants, seven and nine, eight and eight, includes beating the Bears this weekend. Well, the Giants are like six point underdogs. Yeah. So that's a that's a significant upset. So it, to even have to this game, like Giants fans are counting the Bears as a win, and the and the Bears are a six point favorite. So uh, so that doesn't add up. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, Ryan, the last time that I had you on the show was in 2018 when you and I were both talking about what a horrible matchup it was for the Giants, regardless of the fact it was a road game uh, for the Bears and the Giants won the game. So, you know, you might be bad luck if the Bears lose. You'll never be on the show again, I swear to God. So uh, (laughs) that will never happen again. If Ryan Dunleavy equals loss for the Bears, you won't be back in the next time that we see each other. But but I I just remember that conversation, and basically it was just like, this is not going to be good. The defense has been murderous against everybody. And, you know, the aside from Saquon Barkley, there's very little for the Giants to hang their hat on. So I don't see this going well for if the I Giants. That game, though, wasn't it like the Bears were dominating the first half and did like something crazy happen? Like, like did Odell Beckham throw a touchdown pass in the game? Or There were all kinds of things in yeah. that game. Number one, Chase Daniel threw a pick six on the second play of the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it was one of those fluke games. Yeah, it really was. There were a lot of things that went right for the Giants in that one. I remember the the two point play got you, that you guys had, or like the fourth and fourth and goal or something. Fangio sells out on the blitz. The Bears get there, but Eli hangs a moon ball into the corner, and Odell Buckham runs underneath it to. I think it was to convert a two pointer or something uh, like that. And then there was the wide receiver throw for the touchdown thing that went and. Um, oh, what was his name? The linebacker had two, he had the pick six and then another interception. That Alec if Ogletree. yeah, Ogletree. If 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 Daniel gets it over Ogletree, Tariq Cohen is wide open behind him. He's going in for a touchdown. It was like things like that just kept going, and then the Bears came on late and then couldn't stop Saquon in overtime from uh from winning the game. So it uh yeah, it was one of those weird games where it's like this is happening. 
the eight and three Bears are losing to the three and eight Giants, and the, you know no one's going to have really any explanation for it other than the Giants got literally every break that they could uh, yeah. to win that uh, to win that game. So, but yeah, it was it was an experience to watch, that's for sure. But um, you know, so what are we looking for? This first of all, let me ask. First, speaking of COVID, did anybody opt out for you guys this year? Nate Solder, the Giants' starting left tackle. Oh, not that's not good. Tackle. And uh, uh, Sam Beal, who would have either been their second or third cornerback, opted out. Okay. But Nate Solder, I mean, that's that's bad news right off the bat. You're starting left tackle. Nate Solder, said, Nate Solder had a bad year last year. He yeah. was bad. He, he allowed like 11 sacks. It's bad. Um, but he's starters are starters and backups are backups for a reason. So you yeah. took away a guy who had a bad season and replaced him with a guy who's worse. So – uh, Giants fans were like, "Oh, good, Solder's not playing. We get the money back on the cap. He was terrible." Well, I mean, if he was, uh, if he played at a D level, you replaced him with somebody who is expected to play at worse than that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that was a big deal. It forced the rookie Andrew Thomas to move from right tackle to left tackle, and it inserted journeyman Cam Fleming, who's never made more than seven starts in a season, as your starting right tackle. Right, and then we got what we got on Monday night as far as the run game yep. uh, is concerned. How, was the passing any better? Because like I know, I know these are difficult questions because we're playing the Steelers, who who appear to be one of the top defenses in the league. Just you know, small sample size, just one game. But I think they were expected to be good, and then Monday night happened, and they looked fantastic. So, I mean, is it is it a bad gauge that we're using here, or how did they look against the pass rush on Monday night? I guess the Steelers' pass rush. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they allowed two sacks, but Jones was under constant pressure. It okay. it wasn't it wasn't good. No. Right, and well, then there was Bud Dupree getting to Jones to force the interception that ended the nineteen yeah. play drive. Yeah, uh, as well. So yeah, two interceptions. Yeah, it wasn't good. So I guess maybe then the they could the the Giants can help the Bears out with that uh, as well because the, there was one thing that was lacking tremendously uh, on Sunday against the Lions. It was a pass rush. Yeah. We did not get to Stafford. We got one sack. It happened at a key time in the football game. We got one sack, and that was really the only time we got close uh, to Stafford was when we sacked him. The, uh, they did a good job getting the ball out, so that's something I would recommend uh, for, for Jones and company, especially after getting murdered by the Steelers for 60 minutes, would be to do something for shorter routes, get rid of the ball quicker, to not give Khalil Mack and possibly Robert Quinn uh, a chance to uh, to get in his face because – after what we saw on, on Monday night, I I like Mac and Quinn's chances of getting to Daniel Jones. Absolutely. Certainly possible. And D- Jones has a problem with uh, fumbles and strip sacks. He obviously didn't have either of those against the uh, Steelers, but he did throw the two picks. But he has, a, going back to college, a problem with fumbles and strip sacks. So that's microscope on that all year. Yeah, and, and Khalil Mack is... You know, you, you never really, and I can't think of, of the this now year three and of the Khalil Mack experience here, any time that he got called for, like, uh, roughing the passer or anything because he doesn't attack the quarterback so much as he goes after the ball. So he's he's trying to, when he gets to the quarterback, he's trying to get him down, but he's also trying to force a, force a turnover. So Daniel Jones could be a, could be a, a, a very healthy target for... Uh, for Khalil Mack to produce some results against on Sunday. Absolutely, yep. So, you know, one thing that Saquon Barkley did do well on uh, on Monday was catch passes out of the uh, 
the backfield. He was the uh, second leading receiver on the team with 60 yards uh, receiving. Was was that one big catch and, you know, the rest were, were nothing? Or did he actually chip away at 60 yards? No, he had a 38-yard highlight hurdle and spin catch. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. So yeah. that's about that's Saquon for the in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a bigger? Is that something that's supposed to be a big part of the offense, utilizing him out of the uh, backfield, or is it uh, it's you, you a know. bigger part? Is supposed to be actually utilizing him. He had ninety catches as a rookie, but a lot of those were, and no one else is open. Dump it off to Saquon, kind of catches. He's supposed to be a more designed factor in the run game instead of a check down option an actual factor in the passing game because there's a big difference in how you can have 93 yard catches on you know third and seven or you can have 50 meaningful catches and that's the idea right so real quick before we get uh before we get wrapped up here let's talk about the uh the the defense uh for the giants because the weakness for the bears were is the is our offense as far as like there are question marks all over the place and in my opinion sunday's game didn't do much to answer those questions then mitch and the offense were fantastic in the fourth quarter disastrous in the first three so i don't know which one of these heckle and jide character jekyll and hyde characters is going to show up on sunday um but how was the the defense for the giants because they they held firm for a while against the uh the steelers uh, yeah, look, the Giants' defense is the weaker side of the ball. They actually, you know, they held their own. They were, you know, better than I expected uh, against the Steelers. Uh, they're young. They, you know, they don't have a lot of proven playmakers, but Blake Martinez really added something, a, a kind of chase-down linebacker the Giants have, haven't had in a while. James Bradbury acquitted himself well in his first game as a number one cornerback. Um so, yeah, I mean, the the defense is looked at as a weak point. They only have one guy on the defense who's ever been to a Pro Bowl, but they added Marcus Golden, who was their leading sacks guy. They re-signed him in July, and then they re-signed Logan Ryan, who was a top free agent, still available in August. So the defense looks much better than, now than it did, say, July 1st. Yeah, and uh, who's your defensive coordinator? Patrick Graham. He was the Dolphins defensive coordinator last year. Huh. Is that good or bad? <laughs> I don't know. Because I, the Dolphins I mean, I, kind of had a, a, a first half, second half season last year as well. So, yeah. Uh, they had the worst defense in the NFL last year, okay. but they got better as the season went along despite right. despite playing probably at the end with less talent, like practice squad guys, and they beat the patriots in week 17 so him and judge go way back to their patriots days as assistants together so they know each other trying to run a patriots like system so look he doesn't have a lot of talent to work with and uh you know uh he didn't have a lot of talent to work with with the giant with the dolphins either so look it's uh jimmy's and joe's x's and o's right the giants need better (laughs) yeah yeah that's uh that's for sure do you think gettleman is going to survive to be able to you know see the 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 team in his image or is it going to be somebody else's job to finish what he started i mean they want they want him to they want they want to keep him around he's a favorite son of the organization but they got to win games if they get to six or seven he'll stick around if they're in four again he won't right right yeah as far as your new dc it's it's um it's hard to dig yourself out of the 32nd in the league hole when you give up like 160 points in the first three games like you did 
exactly. uh, last year. So, I mean, because it was impressive how bad they were early on uh, yeah. last year. First time calling plays, so figure he's learned something. But the Dolphins let him go without fighting the Giants. They let him out of his contract, so I don't know what that says. Yeah, <laughs> that's true as well. So what do you, what do you, uh, what do you think the outlook is uh, for Sunday um, when the Giants come into Soldier Field? I haven't made my pick yet, but I would guess it'd be something similar to last year. I think the Bears probably win by a touchdown, 24-17, something like that. That would be my guess. I don't think I think the Giants will struggle with the defensive front and the, you know, I think uh they uh, you know, be a low-scoring kind of game cuz neither team, you know, Giants will have trouble with the defensive front and the Bears don't put up fireworks. So I think you're looking at 24-17, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I can live with that, and uh, hopefully it comes true as opposed to you and I both predicting a Bears win last time and the Giants coming away uh, the, with the victory. The Bears so. won last year when they when they played. I think it was nineteen seven until like the Giants scored a miracle Hail Mary touchdown or something. So. Yeah, that was one of the more frustrating games for me because it was I think the second week in a row that we had a team beat in the fourth quarter and we allowed them to kind of get back within striking distance like the final score did not quite tell the story of how the game was yeah. actually you know how the game actually went down but we, we were giving these teams that you can't afford to give hope hope in the fourth quarter so yeah. i was like we did it back to back i think the lions and then the the week before and then the uh the giants the following week you know we get out to a to a nice lead we've got a two plus score lead in the the fourth quarter and then here they are they got this random touchdown and they're within striking distance now so uh-oh here we go are we going and we just didn't have a killer instinct to close teams out last year it was more like they just kind of petered out as opposed to us actually stopping them yeah. uh, last year so that was one of those what i call a yeah but victory that we had against yeah we won but kind yeah. of thing with with the giants that we had a we had a lot of those in our eight wins last year i think we only had like two victories and the rest were like yeah but in 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 the eight games uh that we won uh last year so hopefully if we if we win on sunday it won't be yeah but it'd be like yep we took it to him we got this victory onto atlanta so uh that's what uh that's what i'm hoping to hear uh on uh on sunday so and you, you're forecasting how many wins this year? Four? That's what I gave the Giants preseason, yeah. Was the Bears one of those wins, or does it happen later in the year? Yeah, later in the year. I know. I don't think they'll beat the Bears. Do they, do, they, do they go on like a small run? We're like, hey, we got that three out of four run there right in the middle of the season, or are they going to spread out yeah. and get some losing streaks together? Yeah, beat the Redskins, beat the, you know, maybe beat the Redskins twice, uh, or excuse me, Washington. Yeah. Uh, um, I forget who else. I, yeah, I think I gave them Cleveland, Cincinnati, something like that. Okay. So, so you guys got the NF, the AFC North this year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Ryan, I I really do appreciate the uh, the time, man. I'll let you get back to it. I think you said you got to get to practice there uh, soon. And uh, where can we catch up with you and uh, you and your work? Uh, appreciate that. Yeah. At on Twitter, it's at r y d. U-N-L-E-A-V-Y. So the first two letters are Ryan and my whole last name, Dunleavy. At Ryan Dunleavy is my Twitter and Instagram. And NewYorkPost.com has all your Giants coverage before leading into this game and after the game. All right. Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me.
want to thank Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post for joining us today to help us preview this matchup between the Bears and the Giants. And I hope it goes the way that he says it does. Uh, you kind of get worried about these games against uh, supposedly inferior teams because uh, they always kind of have a way of uh, coming back to bite you. Certainly did uh, in 2018, the last time that we had Ryan on the show. And I, and I swear I, 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 that as my solemn oath <laughs> that if the Bears find a way to lose this game against the Giants, Ryan Dunleavy will never be back on the show as a guest to preview any future Giants games. That is that is going to be it because the Giants are 1-0 with Ryan Dunleavy pre- pre- uh, previewing things. So we won't allow that again. I am superstitious in some ways. So, yes, we will not allow that jinx to come back on the show again, God forbid. But uh, I want to thank him for uh, taking the time to, uh, to talk to me uh, today and help us preview this uh, matchup. And uh, be sure to come back tomorrow, guys. We're going to wrap things up with the full preview uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll get things going uh, and, and get you ready uh, for week number two. We'll uh, break down some keys to the game and uh, get some injury reports and, and find out, uh, you know, are we going to have Robert Quinn back out on the field? Well, just on the field, not back on the field, on the field. And uh, anybody else that got banged up on Sunday, the Bears relatively unscathed. Uh, in the game on Sunday, and uh, we'll see if we'll be at full strength um, against the uh, against the Giants uh, at Soldier Field to kick off the uh, the home schedule. So be sure to come back uh, tomorrow for the full preview. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.